Hello and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. Well, our regular pundit Adrian O'Sullivan joins me again this evening. And I just want to say a huge well done to you, Sully, and UL and claiming the Ashburn Cup over the weekend. Yeah, uh, thanks very much, Steve. Still very much in celebration mode. No, uh, it hasn't really properly thanked him overall. No, it was great. No, yeah, I was absolutely delighted with Tarkin put it into words, you know. Yeah, I was watching it on Twitter over the weekend. Your game on Saturday against WIT, that was some comeback. Yeah, um, I suppose, look, maybe what wasn't put across on Twitter was how hard the conditions mm. were, you know, so I think both sets of players um, deserve massive credit for just going for it. Like, uh, we didn't score in the first half. I think WIT didn't have a shot in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. That's just how bad the conditions mm. were. Like, just the breeze was so strong. Um, it was impossible to play into it and just made hurling very difficult so it was just one of those games and I suppose we talked one in at half time that 1-5 wasn't a big score with that breeze you know? mm, yeah. and honestly we probably thought we'd wipe it out pretty quickly and, and cruise home you know and that wasn't the reality at all um, WIT just had their game plan spot on for the second half uh, they got bodies into the right positions in the field. We found it very difficult to get shots away. Um, and they worked really hard. And I suppose their game plan worked because six minutes into injury time, we were heading out with the competition. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but it's just one of those things that happens in sports that we just, I suppose our girls show great character to keep going, keep going, keep going. We won a 21 yard free. Schwan McGraw was fouled. Beth had a go. I think an A. Kern deflected it out for a 45. And we seemed bet out to hit the 45 to lob it in. And when she did that, she lobbed it straight into the top corner. So, um, yeah, just one of those things that happens in sports. Look, if we were on the receiving end of it, you'd be devastated, like, to be honest, you know. But, um, look, we know we got out of jail a little bit. But I suppose uh, Tommy Shetland sent me a, a tweet there earlier on, or last night. And I suppose the point he made was, that we kept going, you know, yeah. kept going, kept going, kept going, and I suppose. Do you always say that play to the final whistle, isn't it? Yeah, if you keep going to the final whistle, I suppose you, you'll, you'll, you know, you might force your own look, but uh, look, geez, I look at a lot of respect for Tommy and for the WIT team. They're a proper Ashburn team, and they they put in a huge effort this year. We put in a huge effort, and we knew as soon, I suppose, as soon as we knew that they were hosting us, we found out last last summer that they were hosting us. We knew straight away we were going to have to beat WIT in WIT to win the Ashburn, which is no mean feat. Mm-hmm. And like I suppose we did it by the absolute skin of our teeth. So to be honest, going out the gate on Saturday, we knew we knew we'd got away with it to a certain extent, and and maybe I suppose that's what allowed us to play with so much freedom then yesterday, and we put in a serious performance. You know, poor old UCC. You know it's tough to take because all their defeats have been at the hands of UL. Yeah, look, I suppose in another era you could have a lot of those UCT players leaving college with three and four Ashburn medals, you know. Mm. Um, I suppose we're well aware of it in the US because in the, in the early part of the last decade I suppose we ran into a serious uh, WIT team on a number of occasions and look, these teams come around, you know, our team is a special team of their generation and look, I suppose the opposition teams are lucky to run into us at times now and they might have won it in another era but um yeah, look, we don't focus too much on the opposition. You know, I suppose yeah. you want me to be a pundit and say, yeah, these are the inside UCC, but so we're only focusing on winning ourselves, you know. Yeah. And that's it. And look, we were delighted. I suppose maybe the neutral might think, ah, uh, JGL have won enough, you know, they've five in a row. And 
But like we started the semi final on Saturday with eight players who'd never played in the national semi final before. So like the nature of college sport is not. We never once spoke about the five in a row. Yeah. We had the cup in the dressing room yesterday. It's the focus on the one in a row. You know, it's, it's a new, it's a new group, a new competition, new opposition. Um, so it wasn't really a thing. We were just delighted to get over the line yesterday, and I suppose we have a fresh, a fresh generation of players now with their first Ashmore medal and. So that's what the culture is, is built on in the US, you know, those experiences and driving on from there. You mentioned the weather. Now, I was at games over the weekend and, you know, such credit has to go to the players who were able to play in conditions like that. It was just horrendous. Yeah, it was terrible. And credit to the players, but also credit to the organising committee because I suppose they pulled out all the stops uh, to make sure that everything went ahead. They, they minded the main field. They took the second Ashburn semi-final off and put it down to the bottom field. And look, they did everything they could um, to make sure that everything ran smoothly. And uh, look, it was a great weekend. We said it, met Katie after the, the GA officer in WIT and just said to her, like, because the, the competition hasn't been on a campus for a couple of years. The nation is on a college campus. Uh, you have a reception area there gathering, and students that are involved in the so that are showing you the dressing room and handing out the programs and all this. And it just that brings a completely different dynamic to it. And I think between WIT, the CEO, uh, getting UPMC on as a sponsor, uh, they got the All Star team back this year, which is something they've been missing for the last couple of years. And I think between all of them, they did a phenomenal job. But they could be completely proud of what they've done, and they've set the bar for. Um, how the weekend should be run in the future. Did you get a chance to look at the other games or take an interest? I suppose for you, the focus was on your team. Yeah, no, look, when you're involved in the weekend, you don't want to see anything else. You play the wrong game, watch the second semi final, then you're away. Like, you're not going to be hanging around for the day watching the other yeah. finals. No, you're, you're doing your bits and pieces, video analysis, and getting things ready on Sunday morning. So, um, no, look, I was talking to people about the games. All right, we would have played a few other teams that um, that were involved in the parcel and stuff like that in the league. Uh, UCD did a great win. Yeah. And the parcel, they're, they lead the way in the Ashburn with 35. Um, they have moments in 2008, but they're building something there. Jerry Brennan, in fairness to him, he has a serious interest in women's sports. Um, and he's always at the games, he's always pushing it, always promoting it. Um, they were in the personal final and the Fatimah final with the yeah. teams, so second and third division. Um, so they're building now, they'll be back in the Ashmore next year and they might throw the second team maybe into the personal and then they'll, have, they'll start to have a serious group of players coming then. Um, they had a couple of serious operators, Lydia Fitzpatrick is their captain with a coach there for a year or two in Kikini, serious operator, the Chloe Fox, Una Sinis. Um, they did a lot of names. We played them in the league semi final this year and they were very, very good. Um, I actually remember saying to Lydia after that game because we did give them a bit of a trimming on the scoreline but the scoreline didn't really reflect the game they were yeah. really competitive and I remember saying to her geez you're definitely going to win the person like you're a step ahead of step ahead of that level like you know so um, they saw through I think the Division 3 Trinity won uh, Limerick woman Laura Stack shot the lights out for them in the final she had 12 out of the 13 points uh, I think she put up a serious score the day before as well she's a lot of experience she's played in our early club final with Milford um, AA from Cork she lives right on the border there she plays they're the closest club um, but she plays county with Limerick and like she, she's one that we've been keeping an eye on in Limerick coming up through the ranks so uh, Trinity here up into the personal now next year as well so it was a good day for the for the Dublin colleges I suppose um, and, and I suppose it rounded off a great weekend so it was three good finals um, so yeah Great weekend and fair play, as I said, fair play to the organising committee, WIT, GCOs. It was fantastic. 
the players, Sully, that were on show over the weekend, I suppose having players of that quality and from, you know, we'd say those Camogie counties really does give the competition a lift and, and for supporters as well to have a chance to go and see them play, obviously away from their their county setup as well. Yeah, like it's, it's great for the players, it's great for the supporters. Like, say, a good few of the fathers off our team would have stayed down in Watford on a Friday night and would have gone for a few beers together and stuff like that. Especially the fourth year's fathers. Like, they've been kind of following you all around yeah. for four years. And there, there's a bit of a family there, a bit of a bit of unity there. And they were all on the field after getting photos and see Kira Grogan's parents getting a photo with Beck Carton and John Boyce. Yeah. It wasn't just their own daughters and stuff. And, like, yeah, that's great. And as you said, I suppose ourselves and WIT were in the same boat, really, that we're kind of drawn a lot from counties who don't really win much, and that's why it means so much to the girls. Um, maybe it doesn't mean as much maybe to the Cork girls who, I suppose, have a chance of winning our Ireland with Cork every yeah. year and stuff like that, you know. But, yeah, it's brilliant. Like, the players on show, like, Beth Carton hit 1-6 for us on, out of 1-6 on Saturday. She hit 1-7 on Sunday. Hit the seven points off her right-hand side. Hit the penalty off her left-hand side. So one player of the tournament captain the team in her own home ground is like geez like that's just it's just ridiculous stuff it's phenomenal you know, it's rider over stuff just absolutely superb um, and like though every team had those players but like Beth in particular stood out um, as just a complete superstar of the competition Was the weekend written for her because as you said she won it in her own ground you know WIT the fact that she beat WIT on the Saturday as well helped to beat them then obviously captain and then as you said player of the tournament as well yeah well I suppose <laughs> I was standing on the inside when she hit the 45 in the last second against WIT and as soon as she hit it I, I just said I was like geez that's gone in and it was just one of those strange mm. moments that people probably wouldn't believe it now it's saying when he's spoofing but yeah just as soon as she hit it and then when it hit the back of the net and we're walking off after it was like we saw that in the film now in our hometown yeah. against the home university that she'd done that and be like geez that's a bit that's a bit, uh, that's a bit far-fetched now but yeah, look, maybe it was written in the stars, but yeah. that would be the first to tell you herself that, um, that she benefits from the quality she has around her and yeah. she just had a very strong squad. We were bringing on players that would have started for every other team. Uh, we bring on, we were bringing on players that are starters for their counties, you know, at senior level. So, um, look, we had a great group of players and we're just, we're just buzzing to get it over the line. But that's it. Now it's done. They're back to the counties, yeah. back to their clubs. So. I'll, uh, I'll be looking forward to watching them for the comfort of the press box now for the next six or seven months before we get started up and running again next year. I suppose. I suppose for yourself, though, you know, you're going to say you'll be looking at looking um, and enjoying the games, but you probably will kind of be looking ahead and kind of saying, you know, well, if that player will be in UL or you know, if, if one of your players yeah. now, your fringe players or something like that, you'll you'll still have your your coach hat on. Uh, you always do, mm. like I suppose. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, what you're looking for, I suppose, is you're looking for the fringe players, as you say. Mm. Are they showing a bit of form at the counties? Yeah. Um, I suppose the players that we have in our squad, we know what they're capable of and they get their chance next year again to step up and challenge that and stuff. Maybe what you're looking at is maybe players who are in UL that haven't been on the, haven't been on the Ashburn panel, maybe to play with the intermediates. Are they getting game time for their counties? Are they getting, are they stepping up to the mark? Are they worth a look next year? Like the county managers are great that way as well. Like, you know, whether it's Sharon Clare or Bill and Tip or Cahill and Galway, if they have a UL player that's shown a bit of form, they'll give you a ring and say, geez, Joe, maybe you should have a look at her and vice versa. If we have a county player that's, that's going well with us because maybe he isn't getting a game, you know, you give them an old phone call and say, look, Joe, I think they're going well. 
they could be worth a look. So there's a bit of a network there, I suppose, the counties. Um, we have a good relationship with them, draw, so it's, it's kind of mutually beneficial there. But yeah, you never really take a coach's hat off like these. At the at the Limerick Tip game and Bex did her knee, like it's just, jeez, <laughs> that, that's hard to watch as well. Draw. So sometimes it can be hard to watch yeah. home players then as well. But um, no, it's great watching them for the summer. And you, like They're great people off the field and you just want the best for them, so it's nice. I mean, Galway won last year and Hanno was playing and Murph and, and all those. It was just fantastic. You know, they'd given so much service to you, Ella. I didn't see him going up the steps in September. Then, yeah. it, was just, it was just brilliant, you know. It's great, as you said, you know, the way the managers have the relationship with yourselves and vice versa. There seems to be that kind of homely family circle in Camogie. Yeah, look, I suppose it's just, it's different to the hurling, you know. Mm. The Camogie's a little bit different. Um, I suppose the county managers understand that the Ashburn is huge for um, is huge for these players. Mm. And uh, again, it's going back to what we said, that maybe they're not going to win a whole pile more once they leave us. And so that changes the dynamic in that maybe from September to February, their first priority is us, is UL. Yeah. Um, whereas I suppose with the counties, it's a bit different where the, maybe the county player in Ireland is looking, his first priority is county. County, and yeah, not the Fitzgibbon. And then he fit in the Fitzgibbon then if it, if it suits. So the counties have a bit more power hold over them, I suppose, and that's harder for the Fitzgibbon managers then to get access to them and stuff like that. But um, yeah, look, it takes a lot of work to build up those relationships, a lot of trust in it as well. Uh, I suppose if you tell a county manager you're only going to use their player for 30 minutes, but then you have to only use them for 20 yeah. minutes because there's a trust in that and you have to trust them and they tell you the same thing that that's what happens. And But look, you build that up over time, you get to know each other and I suppose we're all trying to do the same job. We all want to just get the best out of the players. So once we all realise we're on the same page, generally it works then, you know, and you do build up that bit of a community and that bit of a network then. Yeah, no rest for the wicket. Back to league action this weekend. Yeah. Uh, lots to talk about. Division one, group one, Kilkenny against Clare and Waterford take on Offaly. So as we're saying, you know, with, with, with the one going, going into, um, a league final, you know, it's basically a case of every game is so important. Yeah, every game is so important. Teams who've lost the game would nearly need an unusual set of circumstances yeah. to get to the final now, you know. You're looking at uh, other teams. Looking at other teams doing you a favour. I'm not really sure why they've gone with that format. It doesn't really make sense to me, to be honest. Um, like, I suppose I would have thought that the, like more competitive games would be better for the counties. Exactly, yeah. Um, more competitive games at the right time of the year, you know. Um, push the league out of it and play them in the summer. But look, we've beaten that horse before and we've beaten that drum before. Um, so it won't go over it again. But yeah, big games, I suppose. Kilkenny, Brian, uh, Brian Dowling finally gets to get the team out in the field in a competitive fixture yeah. probably three or four weeks after he thought he might have got the chance initially um, so it'll be interesting to see how they set up I think they're without a few big players for the league I know Katie Power's injured uh, I've heard Grace Walsh is coming back from injury um, and Dalton is out for the league as far as I know um, and look they'd be key players um, key players usually for Kikini so it'll be interesting to see what kind of talent they have coming up um, behind and see whether they try a few new players and stuff like that Um I think Clare might sneakily fancy their chances on Sunday. Mm. Um, look, I suppose they, they have a game under their belts and they got a victory and and I suppose there'll be a bit of a spring in their step. Like it, It's a huge, huge task, obviously, to go down to Northern Park um, where there'll probably be a big crowd in for the hurling and they're, you know, try, try and get the victory. But I think they might fancy their chances. Um, now, we probably won't have their chances that about a third of their team are out in the beer in UL. <laughs> <laughs> 
the moment as we speak I suppose <laughs> <laughs> now this has been recorded on Monday Chair if you're listening haven't come out to dry it's not Tuesday or Wednesday um, I'm sure they'll all be uh, finishing up you have to lead now by example Sully <laughs> That's it, I know I'm starting a new job on Tuesday, so uh, I can't exactly rock up stick of the beer the first day, so the, the celebrations are over for me now, I'm afraid, but um, yeah, look, I suppose you'd have to fancy Kilkenny, but don't be surprised if Clare give him another rattle in that one. In the other game, I suppose, James, we'll have to put our hands up here now, and do you remember with the slate we gave Clare there, so we yeah. didn't score in the second half of the game. Sure, didn't we go and do the exact same thing on Saturday? We didn't score in the first half of the Ashford City final. So, uh, apologies, Albert Kelly. Uh, I might have spoke too soon. Um, although I'm pretty sure Offaly were playing with the wind and we played into an orange warning. So, maybe we can just about get away with that one. Um, look, Watford, I think, uh, will definitely fancy their chances of putting their first points on the board there. Uh, they'll be without the goals here, players. Um, primarily, I suppose, Kate Lynch and um, Annie Fitzgerald. Um, who both played with us on Sunday as well they're getting ready for the club final the yeah. club final in two weeks time um, which is also Watford versus Offaly I suppose funnily enough but um, Offaly still without the Rhinos players because of that game as well but I think Watford have more strength and depth um, and have a bit more of a settled look about them I suppose they've been on the road for a couple of years now where it looks like Albert Kelly's in the, is starting a rebuilding process um, so look I think I fancy Watford for that one uh, if like Beck continues the form yeah. she was in there at the weekend even that alone against a team like Offaly would probably be enough to get him over the line you know? we look at group 2 it's Galway against Limerick and Tipperary play Dublin and you know we're just talking about Dublin how you know they've improved since last year it's going to be a tough game for them because they're, they're travelling to Tipperary yeah um, Dublin have definitely got their house in order by mm. the looks of it um, that's the word coming back from the camp is that uh, the level of professionalism has gone through the roof. It's very well organised. Um, the coaching is, is at a high level. Um, we had a player in Dublin on placement and she was in with the Dublin Intermediates just doing a bit of training just to keep kicking over. And even she was coming back saying like their second team has ran incredibly well and the level of coaching and everything um, under Dave there is, is really good. So look, they might be the ones that that could emerge from the pack to put, mm. their, put their hand up to be the fourth team in the in the country, you know. Um now, I do know the last day they played Galway up in, in um, IT Blanchardstown's pitch or DUT's pitch in Blanchardstown and that's a tight field and by all accounts they kind of flooded a lot of bodies back and worked really hard and kind of mm. limited Galway but geez, anytime you limit Galway to 10 points you're going well within yeah. the series forward line and I suppose Tip um, by, I suppose they're trying things out they looked like they had an experimental enough team out against Limerick the first day um, it looked at like a couple of new players uh, in defence in particular and um, they were still good enough to, to edge the win against Limerick and Limerick played actually quite well that night um, so it'll be an interesting one um, again Tip had a lot of players involved in the Ashburn I know Dublin had a few as well across the teams but um, I think in that game on Sunday uh, Kareem Blair Quiva Purdue both played for UCC um, uh, Karen Kinsey uh, would have played Ross Roshan Howard so they had maybe four or five players played that played two games this weekend so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if the managers maybe yeah. rest them or what they do so that could be a hard one to call I suppose if you had to call it maybe Tip would fancy their chances usually against Dublin and, and they'd probably have enough to get over the line against them really I suppose at the other game um, they're going Limerick um, look Limerick had a lot of players involved over the weekend 
I suppose we had four that played the two games and stuff and maybe Limerick don't have the strength and depth at the moment where they can maybe mm. absorb that um, and look going up to Galway to play them uh, I think it's, uh, it's either going to be in Banasloa or Athenroy particularly going up to Banasloa this time of the year very difficult place to go I think Galway will be annoyed with their performance against Dublin that they only won by 10 points to 7 and going up away to Galway a team with a point to prove it is a daunting task yeah. for, for, Paul, for Paul and his troops so um, look I think if uh, if Galway hit the right note there um, they should be good enough to win that and I suppose get the second win on the board and drive on that put him in pole position then to make the final then you know We move on to Division 2 and then Group 1 down or at home to Kerry while Galway take on Wexford Yeah Down have got off to a good start in that division um, they have a new manager I think and look Kerry I suppose have not been performing very well so far like as you know they didn't score against Galway and so maybe they're feeling the effects like I suppose Ken Morris won the club or Ireland and they won the junior Ireland and you know yourself over the winter it's hard enough to celebrate one and drive on to celebrate two, two and yeah. with pretty much the same group of players uh, it might be taking its effect you know but um like the Division 2 is so hard to, it's so hard to call the game this time of the year because there's players going up and down between the different squads with the second teams and stuff like that and look it's, it's just so hard to call the games a simple thing like the fact that Kerry has to go to down could be the could be the deciding factor in the Division 2 league game this time of the year you know with the travel player availability that kind of stuff um, so they're, they're very very difficult to call I suppose Galway and Wexford have been interesting one Um it's probably the game of the weekend in many ways in that it's Galway's second team who are a serious, serious operators at intermediate level against Wexford's first team who are really in a rebuilding process yeah. uh, under Kevin Talent. And so I suppose this, this will be the test for Wexford really if they're going to get promoted out of that division and if they're going to try and get back to the level they were at maybe five or six years ago, they really should be disposing of Galway. But again, going away to Galway in any form of the league whether it's Division 1 or 2 is very very difficult so we'll have a fair idea of how far Wexford have come over the winter um, from I suppose the debacle of the last couple of years um, after that game on Sunday you know that'll be a real action yeah. test for them and we move on to Group 2 Meath against Kildare and West Meath entertain Kilkenny yeah Meath and Kildare is a very very interesting one again Um Mead had got off to a great start beating West Mead there a couple of weeks ago in that division. Uh, Kildare, as we mentioned there a couple of weeks ago, has a new manager, yeah. uh, GT Troy from uh, from Mead. Um, an old friend of mine, Nick Wall, as well, was doing a little bit of coaching with them there. So they're kind of a little bit in transition as well. Um, I think Kildare's preparation hasn't been brilliant for the league. Um, and I suppose they were coming from Division 3, whereas Mead had played Division 1. Uh, in the past couple of seasons uh, quite recently so you'd have to fancy Mead to win that and in a very interesting game in that group I suppose is West Mead against yeah. Kilkenny um, it's Kilkenny's second team I suppose West Mead are senior now in the championship of 2016 when they got involved with the Kilkenny Intermediates uh, we played West Mead in the Intermediate Championship in Cusick Park in Mullingar and beat them by 40 points Um and four years later West Meader senior so that's to give you a fair indicator of uh, of how far they've come yeah. they played Kinney's first team in the Leinster Championship last year they're yeah. in all the first teams now so it's amazing the turnaround in four years that they've gone from that point to where they'd be favourites on Sunday to beat Kinney's second team it's all going well so um, interesting game they didn't perform obviously against me the first day um, 
So we'll have a fair idea. It could be in, in a heavy training cycle. It wouldn't surprise me with Johnny Greville if he sacrificed the league this year um, with a view to being absolutely flying for the championship. It could be in a serious training cycle. You wouldn't know what's going on there. Um, Johnny could put, a, could put any kind of a stroke. You know, he's that kind of fella. But um, yeah, be interested to see how that game goes, and we'll, we'll have a fair indicator of what Westmead's interest levels in the league are after that as well. I think. Yeah, as you said about Westmead being senior, and I suppose maybe for Johnny and Westmead, they're probably thinking that you know consolidate our place in the senior championship again would be a great year. You know, have a decent enough league campaign, and I know a lot of teams would do that kind of you know use the league as a basis kind of try out players and try out new tactics but the championship as well as that yeah no 100% I suppose the year we went up with Limerick in 2015 uh, we probably got it wrong to be fair we went flat out for the league um, flat out for the league and got to the semi-final level we gave Wexford I think in Tipperary uh, a couple of trimmings along the way and through with Galway and we ended up having a really good league in Division 1 Cork beat us in the semi-final but then by the time the championship came around we were a small bit flat um, and we just about got over the line against Offaly and I suppose that helped us consolidate the senior status the season kind of dropped off a little bit after that and I think if you have a small squad like the likes of Limerick Westmead I don't mean numbers wise I mean mm. you know, anyone could have 30-35 in a squad but realistically you're talking you've 17-18 players yeah. up to the senior standards um, in any of these counties though, that's not nothing against Westmead that's just the way it is um, and like you have to decide really are we going to go for the league and risk not being in an optimal position for the championship or are we going to just sacrifice the league and be ready for the championship and you know, championship championship at the end of the day I think yeah. by the time by the time the winners of the league leave Croke Park a lot of people have forgotten about it you know um, it's all about championship the GA is always always yeah. about championship so Look, it's just interesting to see what their approach is now and see if they get the balance right there, you know. Yeah, we'll go through just the other fixtures. Uh, Division 3, Group 1, Calvin Tagon, Ross Common, uh, Limerick versus Tyrone and Offaly play Wicklow. When in Group 2, Armagh play down and Loud versus Carlo. You were just talking about, you know, the league and the championship and as part of a management team, when you sit down, when you're called back in or if you're given the job, you know, what kind of process do you do? Do you sit down and just say, well, this is our plans for the year and then schedule your training out for, you know, when you want your site to peak? Or Yeah, that's, yes. Yeah. We don't simplify it too much. That's mm. pretty much it. Um, we tend to work from the, the last date back, you know, um, where do we want to be? Do we want to be in the final point? What date is it? And then work back, what, so what level do we want to be at at what time of the year? Um I suppose a little bit of it will depend on uh, how good the team is. Uh, if you're one of the favourites for the championship, uh, you've been kind of gamble towards being, I suppose, uh, in your peak window uh, later on in the year. Um, and if you've got an underdog, you're probably going to try and name to be ready right for the start of the championship and try and take a few scalps maybe while everybody else is not quite at their peak. Um, with UL, we would always have aimed for February. Yeah. Second week of February, just be ready to go, have everyone fresh. That's what we aim at, you know. If it means maybe not being at optimal performance in a group game, that's fine. Um, and and some of the top three counties, like the Galway, Kilkenny, Cork, will probably have the same attitude as that. Um, they'll be looking at the groups they have in the championship. They'll know that uh, 60% performance is probably going to beat three of the four teams they have to play. Um, and they'll adjust their preparations accordingly and they'll be ready for the quarterfinal or semi final in. Um, and they'll have maybe a five or six week window where. They'll want to hit peak, hit peak performance and then maintain that level. Um, 
uh, for a five or six week period across, across that day, you know. So that kind of tends to be the approach that the, that the top teams would take, I think. I was just looking at the Camogie Association um, website and they're currently preparing a new national development plan with Skyfoot Association for the next four years and they want to hear mm-hmm. from members obviously across the association um, whether you're a player or a manager or a fan or a volunteer or whatever there's something that you could, you could change or something that you could you know recommend to the, the association is there anything there that you'd like to see in their development plan? Yeah I suppose for me the thing that I'd like to see is I'd like to see more of the competitive games played in good conditions Mm. Um, I suppose the way the weather has gone the last couple of years it seems to be that January, February and I suppose the early part of March is yeah. really a write-off with regards to the amount of rain and storms we're getting and stuff like that so um, and I know there's a link there with the sponsors of the Hurling Championship or the Hurling League and trying to play the finals at the same time and stuff like that but really I wouldn't see anything wrong with starting the league at the start of April uh, play the league for April and May in nice weather conditions you're, you're talking your your last year group games and the knockout games are going to be played in, in summer like conditions and then start the championship mm. so start the championship around the middle of June and again play that in the nice weather conditions like the counties don't care about the provincial championship in Camogie anyway it's just a tournament it's of no relevance uh, it's winning it is of no benefit to your championship aspirations Um so that like I think if they made the, the provincial championships more of a pre-season tournament played it in March just get it out of the way straight knockout into your league April and May and championship June, July, August and again free up then the club window then for I suppose for the vast majority of counties to don't go the whole way for August, September, October and that way just by shifting the calendar a little bit you have way more players playing hurling in summer conditions I think that'd be the benefit of the game right from county level right down through the grassroots to club level that'd be the biggest thing in my eyes that should be done um, We said before you know a couple of weeks ago we were on about you know obviously with the players and with the clubs out and you know Waterford girls obviously missing the Galtier players awfully missing the Rhino players and you know if you're going to take a league seriously enough you know it would be nice to have all your players available and we had said this before about maybe starting the league a little bit later Yeah absolutely I suppose we had we had two guys here and two Sarsons players involved in our squad yesterday three of them were starting um, and I know Orla was in the crowd because I met her after and obviously Michael McGrath Hopper was in the crowd because Siobhan was playing um, and I met him after as well but like I'm sure in one sense they would have rather if they weren't playing a massive game yeah. um, on the Sunday but on the other side like there was never a mention from either of them to say listen would you not play them because they understand how important the Ashburn is yes. in their scheme of things so like I suppose in an ideal situation you wouldn't have four players playing two of the biggest games of their lives in a in the space of five days you know like they could be playing Kabogi for 15 years and yes. never again playing in Ashburn or an Ireland Club final and they have to go out at 18, 19 years of age to play the two of them in a fortnight and they're trying to balance preparations for both at the same time and it's very, very difficult, you know, and look, I suppose it's a tricky situation to avoid because, you know, I suppose like you can't fit it all in. Maybe they could try and get the club championship finished in the calendar year the same way yeah. as the league football do and just avoid that clash completely. Um, Seeing that the Ashburn and the the third level competitions are so important now, and you know, even from myself in recent years, you know, 
I wouldn't, I would have heard of the Ashburn, but I've taken such an interest in because obviously the coverage has gotten better and, and it's out there now. Yeah, like the Ashburn, the O'Connor Cup and ladies and the, the, the Sigerson and the Skibbon yeah. lads are fantastic competitions. Mm. And I suppose what's maybe overlooked a little bit is the social side of it. And so maybe people think social means alcohol straight away, but I don't even mean that. It's like yes. the friendships, friendships that the like say we five of our players live in the same house. Do you know, like when you're ever going to go off and play play in our Ireland final with five of your housemates. Do you know, or like you come home, you're going training together, they're cooking for each other, they're hanging out in each other's yeah. houses. It's just the whole social aspect of the college sport is is such a thing that you'll have for the rest of your life. Like they'll be friends for the rest of their lives, uh, based on the the experiences they've had in college and the sporting, uh, I suppose the the sporting commonalities that they share. I think Sully, with the weekends that we've had, you know, and obviously the the tragic death of Caroline Flack and, you know, people coming out there about, you know, friends and about people there, you know, that's what makes sports so important. And as you said about about the Ashburn Cup, I remember even um, Ashley Maloney and Sarah Rowe and uh, Ashley Sheridan with, you know, with DCU. And it's a friendship that will always be there. And as you said about, you know, the, the live together, they're all the time for each other. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it's it's just so unique. I think Billy Morgan was out talking about it. Keith Rickon as well in CIT. Um, like college sport has got very professional, but there's still that social aspect of draw. So we played a match two hours from home, throw a few boxes of cans onto the bus there, and let them have a few drinks on the way home, and go out in their tracksuits into some dive place after whatever. It's the Irish way of doing things. Yeah, but it's great. It's just, I suppose, the county sport has gone so serious. Yes. Um, you know, you have to have the fun elements there. Yeah, like, I've seen it, I suppose, uh, at close hand there's West Mead and Kildare mm. and stuff in the senior hurt. And it's just, like, the crack has gone out of it for a lot of lads. You know, it's like, it's just... It's nearly a chore, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, for a lot of guys it's a chore and it's certainly a chore in the winter time when you're driving up to Belfast and Carlo and all these kind of places and the piss and rain. You know, it's like you need the crack factor and it's something we really focused on in UL is like, like when you're when we're on, we're on. When we're switched on and we need to focus, we're focused. But like fun was a huge, huge part of it and I don't think that's there in, in many of the teams. Well, a lot of the managers maybe at county level feel the pressure to deliver results and maybe that might come across in their approach then and maybe it isn't as enjoyable as it should be but I suppose the college is more off the beaten track a little bit but apart from yesterday the day before I suppose the two games the weekend so 99 times out of 100 most people wouldn't know when you were playing yeah. you know, the focus on you for the weekend so I suppose maybe you can you can enjoy it a little bit more but yeah it's, it's so, so important that, that the GA and I suppose the association don't mess with the college fixtures and give them their their appropriate place in the calendar and let the players enjoy them the players do want to play them there's no doubt about it if you watch the Fitzgibbon final the other night the reaction yeah. the semi-final the reaction when UCC won Coleman sideline ball oh, how many views did that get or how many shares did uh, that get yeah. but it was unbelievable but like the reaction of the UCC subs just shows what it means yeah and like the reaction of our subs when we we got the goal on Saturday and the flooding onto the pitch and it just means so much to them because of those bonds that they have and it's just it's a unique thing and it's hard to describe it but like the associations need to give them the space to breathe and let let the players enjoy those competitions and it's it's good it's good for their social development and it's good for their for their personal development to be part of these kind of things. As well. You were going to say social? I thought you were going to say it's good for the soul. No, well, <laughs> are we good for the soul as well too? I tell you. <laughs> 
a seven minute wait, a seven minute <laughs> winner is definitely good for your soul. It's not good for your heart, but it's good for your soul. That's for sure. Well, like the disappointment of watching Longford under twenties lose on Saturday. And um, the most of course disappointment of watching Longford in general, maybe I thought that's what you were going to say. Excuse <laughs> me, we are doing well in the hurling and we're doing well in the football, so I don't yeah, want to fairness. touch wood, touch wood, yeah. touch wood. Um, no, but I let out a scream in the press box, um, and they looked at me and like nothing had happened in the game, and I was like, "Oh, you well won." They must thought, "What is she <laughs> on?" So you know, even I got it. Our player of the week, I think I, <laughs> I'm going to guess. You know who our player of the week will be? Yeah, well, or have uh, you a few? Look, have we a few nominations for it? But look, I suppose uh, I didn't see too many of the games mm. over the weekend, right, as I said. But like, I know. Well, we won't do. Do you know what we'll do? Is we won't do a player of the week. We will do players of the week or players that deserve recognition. Yeah, like I suppose players that would deserve recognition just from what I saw. So yeah. apologies <laughs> if, there's, if there's people who shot the lights out. The Sorry, there. players that deserve recognition. Okay, the players that have, yeah, the silly accuracy. Yeah, so that probably narrows it down a fair bit, but look, I suppose, the big performances, uh, Cockliffe is a lot of stack performances over the weekend, um, just mainly through the social media coverage and stuff like that. She's a top class operator. Um, I suppose the performances of players that we came up against, and uh, Eve Tracy was absolutely phenomenal for WIT. Um, Tommy Shefflin has placed her centre back, I suppose. I remember playing against her with a minor team a few years ago and she was very un- she was pretty much unstoppable at full forward uh, with Tipperary. Tommy has positioned her there in the edge of the D. Like, so when he's coaching Bally Hale and stuff, he always likes a strong centre-back. He had Michael Fenley there and things like that. And geez, she was savage. Uh, she's like a magnet to the ball on Saturday. Um, just with the wind, her ball delivery was superb against the wind. She was just so strong, carrying ball into the breeze. and like Her skill level... Uh, in those conditions it's phenomenal it was actually funny we were just talking about it. was it Willie Banks said it to be coming off the field he's like Neve Tracy threw up a ball and missed it because the wind blew it away I was like yeah he's like Neve Tracy doesn't miss balls that's how bad the conditions yeah. are like yeah <laughs> that's the, if, if Tracy's missing the ball it's bad conditions so, that's, so um, yeah she was very good um, other notable performance for them um, Daniel Marcy was very very good and uh, nailed all her frees um, in very very difficult conditions um, and just, I suppose, tore at us from play. Uh, Shaw de Quirk's very good in the first half as well, tore at us. They'd be, I suppose, the three, the three notable ones, um, from, from WIT. Uh, for UCC, Laura Hayes was quite impressive. Um, she operated around the middle of the field. She was wearing five. Um, she got a score. Quiva Purge was very, very good. It was very dangerous. Tipperary full forward. She's an international hockey player as well. But I suppose Orla Cronin was their standout player. Um, like we just like we were nearly trying to double mark her at times I suppose look, she was player of the match in the Ireland final a few years ago she's four Ireland senior medals she's a serious serious operator nailed all her frees it's very dangerous smoke and play um, she was one of the standout performers of the weekend for me um, I didn't see too much of DCU on Saturday um, I suppose we're going to talk about the four Ashburn teams um, but I was impressed with Sarah was she, she was driving forward Kitty wing back um, Kellyanne Doyle was decent as well at OUCC tried to put the shackles on her um, and it's good to see Sarah O'Connor back as well so she's recovering from injury she would have been um, an all-star uh, at the age of 19 uh, for Wexford really really strong player and had been out with a cruciate injury and had kind of struggled to get back so great to see her back on the field and look for ourselves it's hard to single out anyone I suppose 
obviously Beth will get the will get the plaudits, but she'll be the first to acknowledge that it was a team effort. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to Darren Murphy. She didn't play um, in goals for us before. She was an unused sub last year out the field, and we stuck her into goals this year. Asked her to go in. She's a handballer, so we thought she'd have the mentality for it of being inside the goals and dealing with the pressure. And she, we won the league and the championship this year. And she conceded two goals in nine games, and was just absolutely outstanding. So she's probably one that might fly under the radar when they're picking all star teams and stuff like that. But um, for me, she's one of the best, uh, one of the best uh, goalie goalies in the country. Um, and she kept Eva Butler out of the team. Eva is the tip starting goalie, so like to go in in your first season as a goalie and, and keep the tip starter out is uh, is fair going. So. Um, yeah, no, I suppose uh, Darren would be the one really that stood out um, stood out for us as well. Right, our Twitter questions. Just two this weekend, so we're, you're okay for your grilling. <laughs> Question for you, actually. How did you get into coaching? Um, Talked your way into well, a problem, really. Well, I wasn't good enough as a player, D. <laughs> <laughs> Same as we Why are you a journalist? Because uh, I like giving my yeah. opinion and I was brutal at playing you. I'm going to be sitting on the line as a player. I may as well be sitting on the line as a coach. So I said, yeah, why not? Um, I know my dad would have been into it, I suppose. Mm. Um, my club at home won three county championships in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, and he would have been involved in the three of them. So I suppose we were raised on the sidelines, going to matches and inside dressing rooms and stuff like that. So you're a product of your environment, and that's what we were raised with. And uh, did sports science in UL, and I suppose we would have had like Keen O'Neill, um, as our lecturer and he was big into coaching yeah. to, to manage Kildare and he coached oh, yeah. Mayo coached Tipperary to win the actually he coached Tip to win the Hurling and Kerry to win the football he's one of the very few that has won, won the Sam and Liam so like we would have been influenced by the likes of him and just got into us coached the rugby team in UL um, with my friend Keith and kind of caught the bug during the coaching during the coaching module there and got into the team, got involved in a few teams and after that then it's a bit of luck isn't it it's the, jock, just, it's the jockey needs to pick the right horse and Luckily enough, I got on a few of the right horses over the years and we managed to win a few things. Not many asses, no. No, well, a few of them as well, I'm sure. Nobody <laughs> ever remembers them. You bring in the odd bit of silverware, nobody ever remembers the asses. You know, nobody ever remembers the bad team. So, yeah, that's probably how it happened. It was probably organic enough. I don't think it was a decision. It was just something that mm. really kind of happened over the years, you know. I suppose out of that, um, managers that you look up to, uh, not necessarily in GA. Mm. That, look, I suppose... I trust my own my own mm. person. Um, what I like doing is I like reading and watching other coaches and trying to take a little bit out of what they do. Um, I think you can't copy anyone, you know. Um, although it was pointed out to me by Neil Bryan on the bus home last night that the way we set up our forwards that I stole that from Paul Kinnerk with the Limerick hurlers. So, uh, so maybe giving that out to Paul. Um, yeah, look, I don't know. Like, you learn something from everyone. Mm. You know, I've been lucky enough, I suppose, from the organisational side of things and the manager, I suppose, look, I worked with Joe Quaid for four or five years um, and he'd be very, very organised and, and from that point of view, I learned that. And, um, you know, you, you pick something up everywhere you go. Johnny yeah. Revel last year with West, Me- West Mead would have been a big influence. Peter Byrne, maybe he's one that's under the radar a little bit. He coaches the Dublin under-20s and that. I worked with him in Kildare and, he was probably the one that taught me how to be a senior hurling coach, I suppose. Uh, so there's a big difference between senior hurling and I would have worked with under development squads and camogie and stuff before that. So I think he kind of shaped me that way. And yeah, look, you always, you're always trying to learn, 
try and pick up a few bits here and there and look at other sports and that kind of stuff and DJ down UL we're very lucky in UL as well so I suppose we have a network of quality coaches down there with the different teams um, like Kieran that was working with us this year in the Ashford he's won a Fitzgibbon in the past uh, DJ sure the O'Connor Cup team win you know every second year so he has all that experience as well you learn from him and Decky Fitz with the Fitzgibbons they've won Fitzgibbons over the last couple of years and the Declan Bruder with the Sigerson and these guys so you're constantly interacting with these lads and you pick things up and um, I suppose you have a little kind of a network down there so yeah I don't I don't copy anyone's style but you certainly pick up bits and pieces from, from the different ones over the years so. Right with talk of black cards uh, coming into mm. hurling would you like to see one in Camogie? Nope <laughs> Next question. I know. Uh, I listen. I I heard uh, even Davy Fitz yesterday. It was just. I know something has to come in for the cynicism, obviously, because we saw it in the the game yesterday, the Clare game yesterday. But I don't know about a black card. That's me personally yeah, going to. Like, the foul, like a foul, a free is the punishment for the foul. Hmm. You know what I mean, a yellow card is the punishment for the foul. Like, fouling is part of sport. Uh, so, I'm sorry, you know, for anyone that's listening there, it's not a fairy tale. Like, you know, it's not all, let's go out and try our best and see what happens. What? You have to do your best? Don't worry about how it goes. On Saturday, WIT took every opportunity they could to slow down yeah. the game and stop our momentum. And it worked. And fair play to them, that's part of, that's part of sport. You know, uh, Orla Cronin was going through in the second half yesterday. Mal Burke took her down. Uh, you know, Siobhan McGrath was going through in the in the second half on Saturday and Ashley Brennan pulled her down. And she got her yellow card. And that's it. So you know, it's just, it's part of it. If she does it again, she's sent off. You know, so, look, is it cynical? Is it part of it? I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm too cynical. I think it is just another part of the sport. But I suppose the worry with the black cards would be that referees wouldn't use it properly. And yes. it seems to be a numerical disadvantage for things that maybe only merit a yellow. And I don't know. I wouldn't be in favour of it anyway. But I suppose that's maybe the traditional hurling view. We don't like change. <laughs> yeah, I suppose to answer your question, no, we could try and keep it away from Camogie for the time being. I suppose. And the funny thing about it is, and I saw um, something over the weekend from Brian Venton, and I totally agreed with him. Like, people are making all these decisions, are coming up with all these recommendations, and the people that should really be listened to are the players. Yeah, absolutely. I think the players are the last ones to be consulted at times and this kind of thing. Hmm. Um, look, I don't think there's any need for. I think the standard of hurling has never been better. You know, I think it's like the levels that uh, Tipperary reached last year, Limerick in 2018, Galway in 2017. They're serious teams and they were a joy to watch all those early yeah. teams. I think when the Camogie was kind of let flow a bit there last year, see on Sunday the rest left it flow as well in our game. And so I thought we played a savage brand of Camogie on Sunday. If there's anyone watching the stream, I don't know whether they agree or not. But like, geez, you know, there's nothing wrong with the game. Like, you know, it's just, just leave well alone. Let's try and improve the things around it. Let's try and get it played in better conditions. Let's try and upskill the referees. Let's try, you know, like in our semi-final on Saturday, the ref turned up with two umpires for a senior semi-final. So let's try and get those. That's those things. That's something that I would, yeah, be so. I would be into that. I've noticed yeah. it at matches. Um, I think that's where you know players need to be taught about, and you know that little bit of respect that it's championship game. You know, have proper officials. Yeah, well, like, I suppose if if you want to go back to Saturday, there was there was one match official, like. The ball was lobbed into the square in injury time. There was a, a group of players around the swing and anything like that. Like if the, if he had said, "Oh, square ball, three out," and the ref agreed with him, if he was wrong, there was no one to give another viewpoint on yes. it. Yes, so it's putting a huge responsibility on him. Your championship hopes can 
can hinder these kind of things. You know, Look, we, are, we had something a few weeks ago with the Limerick tip game. You know, we don't want to have yeah. more of those situations. No, exactly. You know, so I think maybe focus on getting all the basics right yeah. first. You know, what are the basic requirements to, to run a game smoothly? Have we got those in place? Have we got all the infrastructure in place? Are we playing at the right time of year? The conditions okay? Are the facilities for the players okay? Are the facilities for the spectators okay? Fine. Then let's have a look at the game then if that needs any tweaking you know, or, or that. But um, yeah, no, I think get the basics right first. But I suppose, look, the, the rule changes maybe are, are a good thing as well. I know a lot of players yeah. are more in favour of physicality and stuff like that. But let's try and get the basics right first before we go messing with the really big things, I suppose. Exactly. Listen, Sully, it was a pleasure as usual. I suppose you're maybe going out now for a cup of tea or a coffee or something like that. Is that the plan? Uh, that, that'd be the height of it now. Instead of starting a new job tomorrow, so I don't think... Uh, yeah, and you're getting you know, old. Too happy. Getting old as well. So we had four or five last night now and that's about the height of it now. I think that I'd have to handle So we got out for now Coke Zero or something. <laughs> we'll hang out with them for an hour and they'll go off and create carnage somewhere. <laughs> After. I think that's the plan. <laughs> Listen, I look forward to chatting to you next week. So until then, slong go fall.